American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Hey, everybody. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you don't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your order of $50 or more for all your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one on two. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Hello, hello, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined by the BSN Denver NHL Trade Deadline Insider, AJ Hayfley. I need to get that put on a business card. Yeah, they're already in the mail, man. They're already on yeah. the way. It, uh, it will not be normal business card size. It will be like three business cards to get that full title on there. You got to do what you got to do. I'm saying we are here on uh, Sunday night. It is uh, less than 24 hours until the official NHL trade deadline. We are here on a night where the abs are off. They don't play tonight. They will be back at home tomorrow uh, against the Florida Panthers. Tomorrow. 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 Tomorrow, 7 or 730. 730 is Wednesday, right? 7. Yeah. Tomorrow, 7. Seven thirty is Wednesday because Wednesday is the one that's always messed up. Yeah, but they just played two games over the weekend. And before we get into all the fun trade deadline craziness that has happened since the last time we talked to you, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So let's put all the trade deadline stuff on hold. AJ, a couple of big wins on the road for the Avs. And two huge uh, goaltending performances again. Yeah. Um, wow. Philip Grubauer. Yeah, great for like, him. Like, as much as I would like to like sit here and talk about Varley and his resurgence, Simeon Varlamov shuts down Blackhawks in United Center isn't exactly a story. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just like, oh, yeah, where you've been the last eight years. Mm-hmm. So... You know, just not a big deal there. But Philip Grubauer, who came into the game with what, like an 890 save percentage? Yeah, not good. Not good. Like, we're talking, it was so low and he was so good that he jumped up his save percentage six points in that game. Like, that's awesome. (laughs) Right. 
And I mean, got two shutouts in a week from two goalies that were just hemorrhaging goals left and right. Current four game win streak for the Avs. They've outscored their opponents 20 to four. So, uh, is that good? It's all right. It's just okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's that gets you back into the goal differential tiebreaker, eh? Yeah, I was going to say. So the Avs have, they jumped up to a plus 10 goal differential. Where they're sitting in the standings, you look at all the teams around them, they are leaps and bounds ahead of, of, yeah, all the teams around them in that category, which you and I always talk about. That's a good sign. I mean, uh, St. Louis is at plus 11. Vegas is at plus 4. Right. So, you know, um, just just to reiterate, the West is kind of bad this year. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, not great. So let's go back to the Chicago game. It ha- it, that game wasn't quite like the other ones we've seen on this current little uh, mini run here for the Abs, mm-hmm. where they've kind of buried teams in one big. Uh, a lot of back and forth. Obviously, the Chicago Blackhawks team, uh, red hot. What did you like about that game from the Abs? Uh, you know, special teams wasn't great. It was that was just a game where they were opportunistic. Uh, I thought, to be honest, I thought Chicago was the better team. Um, I thought they outplayed the Abs for long stretches. Uh, but Varley made the big saves, and uh, Colorado capitalized on the the chances that it was able to create. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like chances fell out of the sky. They made them happen. You know, I'm just look at the game winning goal. That's a that's a great read by JT Comfer. He sees that slap pass does not get through, and he just takes off up the middle of the ice. Patrick Nemeth gets it to him, and Comfer scores on it. Yeah, how many times have we seen the Avs this year not be able to score on breakaways in games that they would end up losing by one or two? Yeah, where I mean those are those are game changing plays for the other team. The big difference here is is Colorado scored on those chances. You know they they were able to they were able to finish on you know uh, uh, Soderberg got free in the first period, Comfort got free in the third period. They score on both those chances, boom! It's difference in the game. Mm-hmm. And you know I don't think they were particularly great against Chicago. I think that the Blackhawks outplayed them. I thought that was the worst game that they had played in quite a while. And yet they found a way to win. And that's you know that we we talk about it all the time. That's what good teams can do. Is that they can they can find ways on nights where they're not at their best, because if you're only going to win games when you're at your best, you're not going to be a playoff team. It's that simple. And we've seen Colorado outplay, in my opinion, outplay their results pretty steadily over the last couple of weeks. Um, and now and now the goaltending obviously has swung way back the other direction. It's been such an extreme swing that it's like, hey, guys, like this won't continue this way either. You know, right. getting going from getting 860 goaltending to 940 goaltending is like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like you'll take it. Right. You're not going to complain about it, but you also can't be like, well, this is who they really are. Well, no, but you, you're looking for it somewhere in the middle. And you, and you know that right. if you can get the goaltending somewhere in the middle, that that's such a huge improvement over what you've had for the last eight weeks that it changes everything. So obviously sure. having the 940 goaltending is nice, but you don't, 
you don't need that down the uh, down yeah. the entire stretch here. We're talking we're talking Colorado save percentages in its last six games: nine sixty, nine thirty eight, one thousand, nine sixty three, nine thirty two, one thousand. Yeah. So, so that's really, 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 really like no wonder you're winning games. Now, again, like as you're saying, you don't necessarily need it. You know, if Varley had given up two late, or if Grubauer had given up two late goals yesterday, uh, or Varley had given up late a late goal or two, a cheap one against Winnipeg uh, in Denver, you know, that doesn't change the outcome of those games. Right. You know, those were blowout wins, and the added, like, exceptional goaltending really just kind of drove home, you know, the beatdowns Colorado's been laying on these teams. You know, and if you look at the stretch of games that they've gone through, like... There has not been a single easy game. You know, you go, you you have the Vancouver game at home, okay? And then after that, you go to Washington, the Islanders, Boston, you get Toronto. Then you go to Winnipeg, you get St. Louis uh, at home. And then you get Vegas, Winnipeg, at Chicago, at Nashville. That is not an easy stretch of hockey. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely the stretch. And I was thinking going into that road trip, this is the stretch that des- that decides the season. Had they yeah. folded up, had they folded up and not been able to find wins in in that stretch, had if they had, if they had not found their way to wins against Winnipeg twice, Vegas, Chicago, Nashville, you know, say they only win two of those games. You know, they they're not in the playoff race anymore. And yeah. tomorrow looks very different. Their approach tomorrow is very different than what I believe it will be. Uh, let's pause really fast on the abs. I want to talk very, very quickly about Chicago. So AD's puffing his chest a bit here as uh, he said that Chicago, he was never counting them out. What are your thoughts on, on Chicago's gone on an incredible run to climb back in? Uh, do you think it's feasible that they can finish it out with it? And probably what, what would, is going to have to be an equally as impressive run here down the stretch. Um, I, I still don't take Chicago seriously. Um, just just watching them play um the the defense is bad the goaltending has always been um i mean unless unless you think delia is actually like a high end top 15 caliber i mean top 10 caliber starter even mm-hmm. um then you know if you if you're of that mindset and i'm not then this is very doable for chicago um and they they remind me a little bit of last year's Avalanche in that Patrick Kane is doing for them what Nathan McKinnon did for Colorado last year. Although I should I should really say it's Patrick Kane doing what Taylor Hall did for New, New Jersey, Jersey because uh, if you look at the the disparity in in points, you know he's thirty points ahead of the next closest guy on his team. Um, wow. It's just that both Taves and DeBrincat are having good years. Eric Gustafson's having an unbelievable season from the blue line, but that defense is still bad and they still hemorrhage shots and opportunities left and right. Um, their goaltending has Colin Delia is totally, totally cratered. You know, this is a guy that was, that was rocking and rolling at like a nine twenty five clip for a while there. And now that he's all the way back down, um, you know, to normal levels, it's, it's just not a surprise that it's gone. It's gone this way. I mean, the dudes he's, he's been giving up three, four, five goals a night and they've been able to win because they've been able to outscore teams 
You know, I mean, they had that crazy eight to seven game where they beat Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for example. So, you know, you give up seven goals and you still win. But I, I, I just think that that is, uh, that's, I just don't take them seriously. I really don't like they, they can, I, with the way that the West has gone this year, I guess AD is definitely right in that they're in the race because they're there. Um, yeah. I I did not foresee the entire West falling apart like that. <laughs> um, if, if this was a normal year, Colorado, uh, Chicago, not even in this conversation right now. Right. Um, you know, so it's, it's just sort of, it's taken a weird year for this to, to create these circumstances. And even with that, Chicago is still four points back and they right. have more games played than everybody. So, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's still an uphill battle for everybody involved in this. There's nobody's made this. Even, even if you look at St. Louis, you know, they're St. Louis all the way up to 71 points right now. There's seven points between them and, and the cutoff line. Like I'm, I'm not even comfortable saying they're in at this point. The only teams that I think are in, in are Winnipeg, Nashville, and the top three in the Pacific because the Pacific is just so bad. <sighs> really bad. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Well, so enough about the Blackhawks. Uh, last night, the Avs go into Nashville and shut out the Predators and uh, a really, really good game from a lot of different guys, including Grubauer, who we already talked about Uh as as far as what the guys did up front, what did you uh, what did you like? What did you see uh, last night against Nashville? Uh, you know, I they jumped on him again. First goal, man, and Nashville chased that game for fifty seven minutes. Right, right. So you know, and then uh, the PK was awesome. PK did exactly what it had to do. Um, you know, when he when he gave up its opportunities, Philip Grubauer was there, and that's. Imagine that, how this is designed to work. <laughs> um, what I was, I was really impressed with the abs for me. It was, it was maturity and it's the whole Jared Bednar effect that we're always talking about. <clears throat> Nashville, when they got down by a couple, you could tell they really ramped up physicality, really ramped up intensity. A lot of stuff after the whistles, you could tell they were trying to, you know, bait the AJ Greers of the world into, into something. And, uh, I thought the abs could have really gotten themselves in trouble with, with penalties. And that's, that's not how you keep a lead like that against a team like Nashville. I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought they showed really good maturity, kept their heads straight. They didn't get suckered into anything. And they just, they kept playing the style of game that, that they wanted to play. And uh, to me, I, I never felt like Nashville was getting back in it. Yeah, it did not. It didn't have that feeling, did it? It never, like, I was watching it, and I was like, is this over yet? Right. It uh, it never just, it just never really felt, like, even Colorado's one nothing, 2 nothing leads were ever in real jeopardy. Yeah. It just, it did not feel, eh. Maybe, I mean, maybe pockets here and there, you felt like you could maybe see, <clears throat> excuse me, Nashville giving up, or, uh, you know, getting a goal or something, but the game never really seemed in danger for the abs. They seemed very in control uh, playing the style of way, you know, playing the style of, of hockey that they wanted to play. And, and they weren't, uh, weren't getting suckered in by Nashville. I was watching that saying, man, if, if, 
something happened, you got the same matchup in, in a playoff round that you did last year, I don't think you'd feel as comfortable picking Nashville after watching last night. It just looks like there is a... Uh, Colorado had their number. I, I, I don't know what it was. Nashville just never looked threatening to me. They, they looked like a team of full of Carl Soderbergs, which is what they are. They've got a lot of, of really good, solid guys, and they can just out-depth you, but when it comes right down to it, they can't go blow for blow with top lines yeah. and, and, and high skill, and I thought... Their yeah, high-end Nathan, talent is all on the blue line. Right, and and you know Nathan McKinnon just blew two pucks by Pecorine, and to me, that's what Nashville doesn't have. Some guy who's saying, who can say... Your goaltender is having a great game, but I'm literally just going to blow one by him. And uh, right. to me, I, th- I think that was where the Avs really kind of punched Nashville in the mouth last night was that, that high that, end. That was, the other, that was the other part of it is the attitude that they played that game with. Like, yeah, they, they didn't have their legs in the second half of the game. Uh, they, but they, they played with the physicality. They played with the dedication and a commitment uh, to playing as a group. It was not a group of individuals just running around. You know, they they played as a unit throughout the majority of that uh throughout the majority of that game. And that's totally different. Yeah. Uh AJ, let's go ahead and jump to our first break here. We have a lot of trade deadline stuff to unpack ahead of tomorrow before before all the craziness continues. <clears throat> so let's get to that. Right away is a BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley. We talked abs Blackhawks, Abs, Preds. The Abs picked up two huge wins over the weekend, a couple of statement wins, if you will, uh, against a couple division opponents. But the big news of the weekend, tomorrow, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time is the NHL trade deadline. And we told you guys on Thursday, hey, you probably won't hear from us until Monday unless something crazy happens. Uh, Well, all sorts of craziness has happened. And so we are here to talk about it before even more craziness happens tomorrow. And we have to do like a three hour show or something like that. <laughs> um, so let's, let's obviously start with the big ones that, that means the most of the avalanche, the Ottawa senators have started fire sale. Everything must go liquidation, whatever you want to call it. So they did. In fact, uh, on Thursday, they sat Matt Duchesne, Mark stone, Ryan Dezingle. Uh, we hadn't heard officially if that was going to be the case when we started the show or when we recorded that show, but they, they ended up sitting them multiple nights and they have moved on from a couple of them. Matt Duchesne goes to the Columbus blue jackets and just what? 24 hours later, 
Uh, so does Ryan Dezingle. Yep. So Columbus is going all in, and Ottawa is uh, there. You're coming as close to throwing in the white flag on a season as as you legally can. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think. Um... First off, I'll start this by saying I don't think it would be a big surprise to me if Stone signed an extension uh, before the deadline tomorrow. Yeah, that's kind of uh, the word. Although they, are, I'm, I'm watching the game right now, and they're showing Dorian on the phone in the press box. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm sure that dude's always going to be on the phone in the next, no, the next 24 hours. <laughs> uh, well, so, so Stone might stay. Yeah. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Let's start with the one that happened first. Matt Duchesne to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I don't have it in front of me because I'm unprepared and unprofessional. Right. The, the the return is underwhelming. It's two it's two blah prospects, a first round pick, and a conditional first in twenty twenty if uh if Duchesne resigns in Columbus, which he won't. Duchesne and Bergman. Back to Ottawa, 2019 first-round pick, Abramov, Davidson, and, yeah, the conditional first in 2020 if Matt Duchesne re-signs. Uh, we'll get I think to it's Ottawa. a good deal for Columbus, man. So I, look, we'll get to Ottawa in a second. Let's talk about Columbus. A lot of people, they're getting a lot of heat for going against what the conventional wisdom would say of get rid of Panarin and, and Bobrovsky, get something for them before they walk for free. They are instead going all in. What do you think? Uh, I I like it. Why? Um, because, you know, I, I made this comparison yesterday when talking to people about this, but they're, they're kind of in the position where the Milwaukee Brewers were this last year during the baseball season. It's, it's a city and a franchise that hasn't had a lot of success lately. They've tasted the playoffs. This is arguably the best team that they've ever built. Uh, in the Brewers' case, in the last like twenty some odd twenty or thirty years, <laughs> um, load up at the deadline and and just go for it. And hey, you never know what happens when you get in, especially when you have as much talent as they do. Yeah, so I mean, they they are they're uh, they're, they're definitely loading up. That's a re- that's a really good team now. Odds are they're going to lose all these guys for nothing. They're out all the draft picks if sure. they don't win the Stanley Cup. How is this colossally horrible? Or I'm of the opinion they had to do this. They had to go for it. I think I think this makes sense. You've spent 20 years trying to build that into a hockey community and trying to make your brand and trying to make your mark there and, and trying to pick your spots. And you know, we saw Nashville did this when they went all in on on Forsberg and Korea back in the day. You know, when they thought they had a chance, and it was great for them. It ended up being just fine, you know, and now obviously they've built another two blah, 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 blah. But with Columbus, I just think it makes sense. They've never won a first round series. Uh, at some point, you have to you have to allow yourself to be held to a standard of expectations. Uh, and you can't just constantly, well, the future and the future and the future and the future and the future. At some point today matters. And we forget that a lot, especially here in Denver when we've been preaching patience and talking about the future for a decade, but for Columbus, you know, they've never experienced any kind of postseason success. They're going to lose the best goalie that they've ever had. They're going to lose Panarin in free agency. You've got to, you've got to, you know, say that they, they trade those guys off. They sell those guys off. 
They throw in the towel. They miss the playoffs this year. And, you know, okay, smart thing to do, build for the future, you know, try to retool on the fly and hope that before Jones and Wierenski are outside their primes, you know, Atkinson and Felino and all these other guys that they've got up front aren't too old to continue to be uh, useful players, you know, and, and go from there. Okay, like I, I get that argument, but for me, I loved it. I loved, I loved when a team just says, this is it. This is our time. We're going for this. Well, because when are you going to have a better goal? You know, if you plan for the future and all that stuff, when are you ever going to get another Sergei Bobrovsky, a Vesna caliber goaltender? And and when are you going to get another Artemi Panarin? Right. I'm with you. It's it's one of those things where whether they win the Stanley Cup or not, you're going to be set back a little bit here by this because you're giving up a lot of draft picks. And the overwhelming odds are you're going to have all four of those guys walk. Unless they make and, some insane offer to Duchesne or Dezingle. Well, and like Dezingle's a local guy, you know, Dezingle went to Ohio State. So there's a chance they keep Dezingle. But even even then, like Dezingle's by far like the lowest caliber of player on that list. Right. Uh, and the price to get him was pretty, pretty legit. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for me, man, like what? How did... I guess, I guess, what is it worth? You know, how do you, what's the, how far do they have to go to make this worth it? Do they have to win the cup or even two to two to three, you know, they get to the second or third round, they get to the, the Easter conference finals. That's totally worth it. Right. If they get to the, even if they get to the second round, it goes to a game seven. It's an exciting finish. It's, Hey, we, we put everything we had on the table and and you lose to a great hand, then that's one thing. You know, if they go yeah. out in the first round and they get smoked. Right. They lose in six in the first round again. This was a colossal failure to me. Right. But, but to, the to attitude me, is in the right. It's the I think the attitude is right. The the, the mindset is in, in the right spot. And I feel like they're respecting the fans and they're saying, Hey, we we want we want to, we've built this team. We want to see what it can do. We're going to load up. We understand what will be in the future will be, and we'll deal with that when it comes. But for right now, we want to see what we can do in the postseason with this group that we've built. And we're going to we're gonna try and take you guys on a ride you've never been before. And I I appreciate that. I res, you know, I respect that that mindset. In their situation, I think it's smart. You've got to you've got to do that every once in a while. You spend all this time building in a smaller market where it's not easy to attract free agents. It's you have to build from within and, and be really smart with what you do. And at some point when you've built a really good team, you've got to say, Hey, we really think that we can do it this year. You know, they've been, they've been losing. They've had to go up against the Pittsburgh's and Washington's of the world and every, in the first round every year, you know, and that's a, that's a bad hand. But right now you could say, Hey, we th- we think there's a chance we could take those guys in the first round. We think we could take the Islanders in the first round. So, I, I I'm all I'm I'm all about it. I think it's awesome. Go for it. I hope Columbus wins the whole damn thing. Well, he, here was my argument. Was it kind of reminded me of the the situation that Ottawa was in at the draft last year, as they just scored to take the lead in the third yeah. period. Uh, where, you know, it's it's one of those things where you know 
the smart thing to do when you step back and look at everything. Ottawa knew the smart thing to do was probably to give up last year's pick because they knew that there was going to be a good chance they weren't going to be good this year and that that the first-round pick they were turning over to the Avs was likely going to end up being the same or higher. But you couldn't look at your fans and say, we're willing to say that we're going to be bad next year and and it's all doom and gloom. So here we're going to go do the smart thing and we're going to tell you that we're going to be bad. To me, it was a similar situation where Columbus said, hey, look, we're right in this playoff picture. We have a great goaltender. We have a one elite forward and Cam Atkinson. How can we tell our fans, even though we're right in the thick of it, we're going to give up and, and we're going to pack it in? I don't think you could do that. I think you had to say, we're going all in. And uh, to your point, yeah, let's see if you can uh, take the fans. I like the way you said that. Take the fans on a ride they've never been on. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's what sports is about, man. It's about making those memories and, and creating that bond. And I think that will do more for them in the long run to create that, oh, do you remember that run? You know, I mean, think about it in, in here in Denver. Every single one of us that lived through that 2000 run to the World Series remembers every detail of it. Win or lose, doesn't matter. We remember all the games, all the pitches, all the big moments from that ride. Do they win the World mm-hmm. Series? No. May, will they ever in my lifetime? Maybe not. But I will absolutely remember that run forever. And I will take that over having them punted at the deadline so that they could try and get cute down the road and stay competitive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. load up and go for it. At some point, you have to give your fans a chance to root for some sort of greatness. Oh, I think that's great. <clears throat> I think it's great. Uh, the other team on the flip side of that, definitely not going all in, is the Ottawa Senators. So Duchesne's gone, Dezingle's gone, Mark Stone is still around, but Mikhail Bodker and uh, who was the other one held out tonight? I'm drawing a blank. Cody CC. Cody CC. Both sat tonight as it sounds like maybe some deals are on the hook for those two as well. And it's uh, thus far, the two deals have been, have been all future stuff. So not much help down the stretch. This team's going to be hard pressed to win games. Even if Mark stone stays around. Uh, Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, that's, this is going to be an Ottawa team that the one thing that they're going to have is they won't have this hanging over them anymore. They will be able to just the last 20 games, they will just be able to get up and go. They'll just be able to go out and play hockey, and what will be will be. And uh, a team with nothing to lose is always a dangerous team. I don't care what your talent level is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just had their goal called back, by the way, so it stays yeah. one-to-one between them and Calgary. I, I do also have the game on. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, it's cool. Um... I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I, I am also watching this unfold with you. Yeah. I, watch, I watch every minute of every Suns game. I've told a bunch of people, this is this is it. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I'm I'm shocked. I not shocked, but it's one of those almost like when you schedule a vacation and the vacation's finally like almost here. <laughs> it's that kind of thing where it's we've talked about this now since last November. Yeah. What what's the pick gonna be? What's the pick gonna be? What's the pick gonna be? And uh we're so close to finding out. Yeah. And it's uh, it's 
it's it's kind of like your to to continue your vacation analogy. Like right now, we're just like checking the weather every day. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like like we're right there, but we're like, oh my god, is nice. it gonna be? Is it gonna be a tornado? Are we gonna have an earthquake? <laughs> like, what's gonna be like the big unavoidable thing that ruins this at the last minute? Or is it gonna be clear skies, sunny days, and good times? Yeah. Seriously. So either way, what what all what they're doing. Uh, selling everyone off. It is for the in the best interest of their franchise. I think there is a lot looking up there. We won't get into that right now. Yeah. Uh, for the future, but as for the rest of this season, yeah, that um, uh, that pick I think is going to be uh, pretty high. Well, it's it's a race between LA and Ottawa. I think for the for the bottom, right? Because if you look at the league standings right now, uh. There's a nice, healthy with all that separation we've talked about in the last two weeks has taken place. You know, mm-hmm. Ottawa, Ottawa's at 49 points. Detroit in 29th place is at 55 points. There's a six point separation between them. You know, and Ottawa after tonight will have exactly 20 games left. How many points realistically do you think they're going to get in those final 20 games? You know, 10 mm-hmm. to 15 seems a fair bet, and 15 feels ambitious. So 15 wins? No, 15 points. Oh, oh, in, I was in like, the last, whoa, whoa, in the whoa. last 20 games, they'll have 40 <laughs> points available. How many points realistically do you think they're gonna get? 10 to I I've kind of got them in that like 10 to, to 15 range. And 15 definitely feels like if Mark Stone stays, 15. If Mark Stone yeah. goes, 10. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, let's jump to a, one more quick break here. When we come back, there is a lot of other movement going on all around uh, in the NHL and we will, uh, we'll discuss all of it. Every last bit of it. Cause that's what we do for you. <clears throat> this is the BSN avalanche podcast presented by total beverage. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment here before we jump into this final segment. I've got to remind you guys about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives, and their reviews are incredible. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pains, arthritis, IBS, and it has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all-natural and non-psychoactive. And the coffee is rich and tasty, so we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout. And you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley talking trade deadline. The Columbus Blue Jackets weren't the only ones that were busy over the weekend. The It looked like there was going to be a... 
I guess you'd say significant acquisition in the central division, but doesn't look like it'll uh, like it'll matter much here for at least the next month as the Dallas stars acquired Matt Zuccarello yesterday. And today in his first game with the stars, it looks like he's out for four weeks with an upper body injury, at least four weeks. AJ, the injury aside, what did you think of this pickup for Dallas? I thought it was kind of a weird one. Uh, like Zuccarello is the next player. Um, uh... The fact that it can turn into two first rounders is more like fun fact than something that will actually happen. Right. Uh, <clears throat> but, and obviously that's a terrible break. Like, yeah. Um, what From was it like? From a human standpoint. Yeah. Oh. Like, what was it like? First, uh, first period, he, uh, he Locked scored a goal shot. for them. So, um, oh. you know, it's, it's a weird, it's a we, it's really weird for me. Uh, Zuccarello, like, as the difference maker. Like, Zuccarello and Lovejoy are not, like, guys that I think move the needle enough. Uh, I thought Zuccarello next to another forward really would have made Dallas uh, a really interesting group. But as it is, now it's like, okay, now they've got, what, four forwards instead of the three? Well, th- that was my thing as soon as I, th- I saw it. You know, <clears throat> it's funny because... So many people, you know, just want to see a GM, you know, obviously in our case, we're talking about the abs and Joe Saggy. Oh, just, you got to make a move. You got to do something. You have to do something to me. What Dallas did was you have to do something. That was a, you have to do something move. Dallas to me, isn't a team that's a rental player away. That's right. And like, maybe they end up a rental player away from making the postseason. but what did they just give up uh, to go out and, you right know, to make like, the postseason, and right, that's what just, you just to make the postseason. That's I, what you appreciate yeah. about about what Joe Sackick's doing here. As frustrating as it can be sometimes, to to oh, yeah. to your point, the whole you know the preaching patience and and we're staying the course with this and that. Look at Dallas. Dallas is the exact example of what happens when you follow Twitter suggestions for for how your GM operates stuff. They go out and yeah. they just do something. They go out and they just get someone. And it's like, look, we're doing something, but it, you're you're just you're drowning in mediocrity because you have a handful of good offensive players and nothing past that. Right, and like they've got a couple of nice defensemen, but it's not a deep group. You know, they right. like Klingberg, Heiskanen, and Lindell are, are solid to or better NHL players, like no doubt. Like fine, yeah. Like really, like those are those are three quality players to varying degrees. You know, Klingberg and Heiskanen are really, really good, uh, and Lindell is like rock solid. He's a good, good, solid NHLer. And then after that, you're like, okay, you know, they go get Ben Lovejoy, and it's like, I like Ben Ben Lovejoy's I. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's fine. You know, and that's kind of what you say about a lot of these the guys with Dallas. They're fine. Yeah, but the 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 Picks spent. That's stuff that really hurts you. Yeah, we you know we were we were talking about Columbus earlier and saying you know you just got to go for it. Dallas is always just kind of in the middle. They're never really going for it. They're going for it with, you know, again Alexander Radulov. That's that's a nice piece. That's not putting you over the edge. Matt Zuccarillo. It's a I mean, nice piece. That's not putting you over the edge. Well, yeah, like. What their problem was, was some of their guys got old just as they were picking up some of these other pieces, you know, like 
and and the funny thing with the condition, and this is something I didn't see get talked about much, uh, the condition of if Zuccarello resigns, then that one of those picks turns into a first. They tied their hands. They can't. They can't resign him now. You're not going to give up a first for a for a Matt Zuccarello that will that's already over 30 years old. You know he'll be I'll 32. Bet you they do. The, I'll bet you they do because that's he. If so, I'm saying like especially if something weird happens, they win two rounds in the playoffs and they give up one first. There's no way they can re-sign him and give up two firsts for that guy. Mm. He's not a big enough difference maker. But like Jason Spezza got old, and that happened. Right as the same time as they as some of these other guys were were kind of up and coming, right? And they they thought that they were gonna have like this next wave of young guys, guys like Nachushkin and Dickinson and Gurionov all come in and help them out. Every single one of those guys has has underwhelmed. You know, Valerie Nachushkin was a top uh top ten draft pick a couple of years ago, and he comes back over from Russia and everybody's like, Oh, this is this is a solid young guy. He hadn't scored a single goal all year. He has zero <laughs> yeah. goals. He's been Gabe Bork for them. So, you know, it's they just I don't know what they're doing. You know, they they traded away Jamie Alexiak and then traded for him again. You know, what are what are they what are they doing on that blue line? Ben Lovejoy, like Roman Polak, Jamie Alexiak, like yeah. All right. They're getting they're getting a great year out of Ben Bishop. Yeah, and an average year out of Ben Bishop. I mean, a 924 goaltender, you put that and and Anton Kudobin at the same thing. Like they're getting they they they're getting the kind of goaltending they've never gotten mm-hmm. and they're still on the outside looking in, like right on the fringe of of this playoff race. Uh because it just isn't a good roster. Jim Nill just isn't a very good GM. Yeah, he hasn't built anything special. He wins. Sure. He wins all the 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 accolades. He, as as Adrian likes to say, he wins the press conference, but his teams don't win enough games. And well, you, know, you know they that's, that, that's the what Tyler I'm Sagan extension down. is kicking in next year, and Tyler Sagan's like a nice, like he's a good center. But I think we've seen at this point, Tyler Sagan is not an elite player. He's not in that top twenty. I I don't know that he's a top twenty player in the NHL. So Tyler Sagan's like an okay first line center. If Tyler yeah. Sagan's the best center that you have, then you need a deeper team. <laughs> right. Like, like, and that's you know, and we've we've seen that because scoring has blown up around the league. And the big thing is, is those those Dallas guys haven't joined them. Mm-hmm. You know, Jamie Ben is on pace for like a sixty point season. Right. Jamie Jamie Ben has as many points today as Carl Soderberg. Yeah. Yeah. For nine and a half million dollars. I, I, I don't know. I just <clears throat> I don't know what they're up to, man. I don't I don't get it. I I'm not I'm not sure uh, what they're up to. All I know is that I expect Colorado to tinker tomorrow. Um and I think they'll probably stay out of the giving up second and third round picks for Matt Zuccarello. Do you uh do you see any way before we get into some of the other moves that were made, any way the abs get in on, on any of the big game stuff going on? Not at the trade deadline. Um should I should we just do this? Should we just jump into yes. this? Let's just do it. Uh well, okay. actually hold on, hold on, hold on, real fast. 
Okay. The one other trade of note, I thought, uh, Buffalo Sabres and Anaheim Ducks. Oh, uh, yeah. Brendan Goulet and a 2019 conditional first to the Ducks. Brandon Montour to the Sabres. Thoughts really quick. Uh, Anaheim, I put out a tweet. Anaheim, really good at drafting defensemen, really good at trading defensemen. Um, Brandon, Brandon Montour is real good. Um Really solid offensive defenseman. Young. Uh, the numbers aren't so elite that it's going to be crazy money. Um, but you should be able to get him on a on a nice like long-term deal coming up soon. Um, I really like him. If, if Brendan Goulet turns into Brandon Montour, that's a victory. And then obviously the first round pick, nobody drafts and develops better than Anaheim in the entire league. So uh, the more picks that that, that that amateur scouting staff has to play with, uh, the better the better it is for them. I would also say that there is not a single franchise in maybe all of sports that has a bigger disparity in their in their front office than what Anaheim has between their uh, amateur scouting staff, which is excellent, and their pro scouting staff, which is subpar at best. Um, the amateurs, the amateur guys, uh, they they draft, they pick good players, and then they get developed really well. Um, and they be typically become pretty good, uh, pretty good NHL players. Uh, and then the the GM usually does something stupid and short sighted and gets rid of them. And the the you the roster that you could build with the players that they have traded away in the last five to seven years uh, would probably win the Pacific. Could probably compete for the Pacific Division today, in my opinion. Well, there you go. That's a. Uh... Pretty strong indictment. So good trade for both teams because Anaheim is going to get to do what they do best, which is draft and develop. And Buffalo gets a really good defenseman. Back to the app. I love it for Buffalo. I love it for Buffalo. Yeah, they they need to do something because they were they're on the verge of falling completely out of it. So that's a nice move for them. Uh, back to the apps. Like you said, let's just go and get into it. We've got I. I Math is hard, so I'm not going to do the, the math off the top of my head. We have only a few hours until the trade deadline. I asked you if I if you thought the Avs were going to get in on any of the quote-unquote big game hunting. You said not at trade deadline. When might we expect the Avs to go after a couple of these big names? Well, I think free agency has always kind of been the, the, the ticket, especially as this year has gone on and we've seen uh, Comfer uh, and Kerfoot uh, contracts are, are going to be up at the end of this year. Those guys aren't going to demand big money. Um, you know, Rantanen, look, he's had a great year, but the guy has hit a huge wall. He's gone He's gone on pace now for uh, from, from being a guy that was going to have a 100-point season, the first 100-point season in like 20-some-odd years, and, uh, and 130 points. Now, this is, this is a guy that is looking at you know, what, what do you, we don't even know because he's fallen off so hard. Now he's got three points in three well, games and carried away. He's got, he's got four points in his last six. So obviously there have been some signs of life, but there was a legit, like three points in like, Ooh. like, yeah, right. Nasty. <laughs> um, there was, there was a stretch there where not a lot was going on from Miko and, um, that's it's that's been the issue up until these last three games. You've been like, where has he been? Um, so it's he should still be like a ninety-ish point guy, right? 
Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's yeah, at yeah. seventy nine with twenty games to play. I think I think him hitting ninety points is fair. Oh but yeah, but it won't be the 110, 120 points where you're talking about. Oh man, now you're going to pay this guy twelve million dollars, right? You know, I think I think you're still we're still looking at more like probably nine, and so the all those things have opened up. The fact that the the numbers have dropped or not gone up in such a way that. Instead of instead of spending a bunch of money on keeping their own guys who have been really productive, uh, they'll have they'll have plenty of reason, plenty of excuse to go out and get uh, big free agents that might be out there. You know, maybe Mark Stone doesn't stay in Ottawa. Maybe uh, maybe Jeff Skinner doesn't stay in Buffalo. You know, uh, there's there's going to be some intriguing names out there. Now, obviously, I don't think that the Bob Naren would be interested in Colorado. But hey, if they get to market, you got to make the phone call. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the you never you never know. And if they go out and get the Bob Naren, that's a huge, huge win over the summer. Of of everyone that's out there, all the names that that are anticipated to get to free agency, what are a couple that you think the Abs <clears throat> that you've heard that you know the Abs like, and and definitely would want to take a run at if they get all the way to the open market? Well, Stone is number one. They covet Stone the same way a lot of teams do. But Stone is also, you know, if he gets to market, he's a perfect fit for Colorado. He's the right age group. Uh, he's a he's a, as high a two-way, two-way guy as it gets. And uh, he's, he's a point-per-game offensive guy. You drop him into Colorado's lineup, and Colorado's way scarier immediately. Yeah. And that's before you factor in if, you know, that Ottawa pick ends up in the top two. <laughs> right. right so that's just and so it starts with stone um no no kidding like ryan dezingle makes a lot of sense for them too if he if he gets there obviously it's a different caliber of guy but if he gets to market especially now that he will have played for columbus it really makes sense um he's he's a you know he's a great skater with versatility at all three forward positions uh, and, and he's, he's good for at least 40 points in a season. And we've seen this year, if you put him with better talent, he gets even better. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a guy that I think is going to be intriguing. The guy that makes you nervous that I, that makes me nervous guy like Jordan Eberle. Yeah. Uh, the one that the abs have liked before, uh, they've talked about trading for in the past when he was with Edmonton, uh, has major inconsistency issues, uh, a lot of effort problems that, that really, uh, drive you crazy. You, you try and hope for a little more from a guy than that, you know, with that, with that kind of talent. But there are so many names. It's, it's such a deep UFA class that we'll have a lot of time over the summer to get to it. Uh, but the deadline, it's Nemeth. Like, that's, for me, that's where it starts for the Avs. It's, they, I think, I think uh, if, if Ian Cole is able to come back in a timely manner, I think they would be fine surviving on the blue line with Barbario and Graves back there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, moving on from Nemeth for a reasonable draft pick. Uh, I don't. I don't think I tweeted this out the other day. I don't think they're just going to give him away. Um, I don't think that it's going to be like a sixth round pick. You know, it's not going to be a hey, can we just get anything we can for this guy? <laughs> right. Um, I do think that uh, given the way the market has unfolded, that if they could get uh, say a third rounder or maybe a fourth and a fifth or, you know, a third one year and a fourth the next year, something, some sort of combination like that. Um, 
I think that they would, I think they're going to strongly consider it. Just that's, that's what I think uh, would make a lot of sense for them is with Nemeth. Um, Colin Wilson also would make sense just because he's an expiring contract, but I think they're going to view Colin Wilson kind of like they did Blake Como last year where, Hey, this is a guy that can help us, even though Colin Wilson has been hurt during this hot stretch. And so you can easily, from my, my standpoint, you can easily make the argument and be like, how much is he really helping? Right. If he's not even playing during this hot stretch, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, Sven Androgetto's totally come to life. And he's a guy that might have played his way uh, into into a team being interested in him as well. Um, you know, if if somebody wants a skill guy, like Edmonton has all kinds of money issues. Uh, if they're looking for a little bit of skill infusion somewhere, I could see that making some sense. Yeah. You know, purely speculative. New Jersey, another team that could definitely use a little more jump, a little more pop offensively. Um might might be able to uh might be able to justify a guy like that. You know, he's got some speed, he's got some skill. You can fit him into different places in your lineup and and hopefully you can get something out of him. Um I don't know that that market'll be real big. I think that if somebody does trade for Andrew Ghetto, it's most likely uh because they had other they had plans A, B, and C fall through tomorrow on draft day. Yeah. And that's kind of a hey, we we we're desperate to do something. Yeah, yeah, we need we need um, anything. I think speaking of Ryan Graves, I think that it would make a lot of sense uh, for some AHL caliber swaps to happen. They like they did with Graves and Bigra last year. They do it. They do an AHL deal, one or a two AHL deals every single year. Yeah, they they, <clears throat> they forwards. They you know, kind of, they'll, they'll always do knows. something. Right, like the the AHL team is always full of guys that maybe they'll maybe they'll you know they they could swap guys. Mm. I think it'll be a mostly quiet day for us around the abs. I do. My spidey senses are tingling, and I do wonder if they aren't in the market to add a forward on the cheap. Um, like Mikhail Bodker got scratched. Mm-hmm. there's obviously a history there. And with a year remaining on the deal, um, you know, he had success in Colorado. There was interest in bringing him back to Colorado. Now there's only one year left on his $4 million deal. It would kind of be like replacing Colin Wilson with the faster, more productive Colin Wilson. Right. And, you know, not, not great. That's not something that I'm sitting here saying, Oh, they should definitely do that. I'm just saying, Hey, I, I do wonder about that. Not necessarily Bodker, but Bodker-esque. Right. And guys guys of that ilk. Um, I... Yeah, I... Um, I do think that those are... That's, that's kind of the market that they're playing around in. I don't think they're going to give up any picks from this year's draft um, that they have in the top three rounds. I think they're looking at their hall and they're saying, Hey, we're going to have five picks in the top, like 75 or whatever it is where Colorado's picket ultimately ends up. And they're saying, great, we'll just do that. Right. Right. And they're not going to get cute with it. I don't think they want to move anything around. Um, I can't imagine them playing around with like future firsts. Uh, They're not looking to trade top prospects. I, I don't, 
I don't imagine that Kale McCarr is going anywhere. Connor Timmons is going anywhere. Shane Bowers, those guys, I just sure don't see them headed anywhere. Any of those names that come into play would have to be a, uh, you know, a Mark Stone. Something comes together at the last minute, but even then, Kale McCarr in that Ottawa first round pick, I, those are not going anywhere. I mean, it would have to be. It it would have to be stupid. Right. Like Edmonton would have to call up and be like, "Hey, we're going to solve our money problems by trading you guys, Connor McDavid," and you're like. Okay. Right, right. Um, in all seriousness, just about that level to be able to pull. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. Like, if if somebody wanted to pry away the Ottawa pick and kill McCarr, it would have to be basically for Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ, let's get out of here. We uh, we will have a show tomorrow, but again, with everything that's going on, we're not sure when. There is a game tomorrow as well, so it's going to be crazy it's going to be hectic but that is part of the fun yeah. either way we'll probably have some sort of a live something yeah um adrian and i'll both be a morning skate making sure that everybody participates <laughs> yeah uh so we'll probably do something from the arena uh, some like periscope from the press box or something uh after skates over well there you go all right well we will of course keep you guys fully up to date on bsndenver.com we are down to just mere hours before the trade deadline. It's getting exciting. The Avs have won a few games in a row, and they are right back in the thick of the playoff hunt. For AJ Hayfleet, I'm Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening.